Is the Big Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the Big Show. 97.5-1280 The Zone. Jake Scott broadcasting live uh, from the plaza right out front of Vivint Arena. We're here for Frozen Fury. The LA Kings take on the Las Vegas Golden Knights here at Vivint Arena tonight. So we're out here on the plaza. Uh, stop on by and uh, and say hello. Lloyd Cole is producing today up at our Carrier Zone Studios just upstairs from me uh, here at, uh, uh, at Vivint Arena. And uh, we're going to start off the show today. This is a very uh, difficult day uh, for me, and I'll, I'll explain and I'll, I'll get into it, uh, and, and we can talk about it um, on the show today. But uh, it's it's the place, obviously, I want to start. Um, you can uh, you can read about today's news involving the station. Uh, it's all over. Uh, it's all over the news. Uh, the Trib has it, Deseret News, KSL. Uh, that uh, some things are changing. <clears throat> with uh, with the station and uh, our relationship, uh, for those of you out there who don't know, uh, for the last oh, almost uh, almost ten years now, uh, we have uh, been owned and operated by the Utah Jazz. At first, uh, of course, the Miller family, and then um, uh, more recently, obviously, by uh, Ryan Smith and the the Smith family, and have uh, operated under the Jazz umbrella. Uh, before that, we were in uh, a trust, which was an interesting time in the station's history. And uh, before that, uh, we were uh, owned and operated by Simmons Media Group, which is where Gordon Monson and uh, Craig Bullerjack first started this station back in uh, 2001. I had the opportunity to come on board in 2003 and have been uh, broadcasting and, and working here at The Zone in various capacities um, ever since. But today it was announced um, that uh, we are going to be operated uh, by KSL, and uh, we're going to be under the uh, the Bonneville umbrella, who have uh, operated radio stations uh, in this market, of course, uh, for a long, long time now, but uh, operate uh, stations in other markets uh, as well, including uh, the person who hired me here at The Zone, uh, Ryan Hatch, operates. Uh, some stations in Arizona for Bonneville as well as uh, up in Seattle, I believe. And uh, uh, Ryan is a great guy, a uh, big part of the history of, of the station. And uh, so we're going to be going through a transition period uh, here on the zone as uh, we now will be uh, under the KSL umbrella. And uh, in all honesty, uh, found out about this uh, really at the same time everybody else did uh, today. At noon, uh, we had a meeting with uh, the Jazz, Jazz President uh, uh, Jim Olson. And, and, uh, and some others and, and found out uh, about this new situation. And um, from a, a jazz perspective, they're very excited about it. And uh, there's going to be some agreements to broadcast uh, on uh, the, the flamethrower that is uh, KSL and their signal and increase their broadcast uh, footprint. And um, they they kind of there's this is a partnership on a number of, of different levels. But uh, part of the agreement is that we will be operated and uh, uh, still owned uh, by the Jazz and the Smiths, but uh, operated by uh, KSL going forward. And of course, they already operate KSL News Radio, uh, KSL TV, KSLSports.com, and uh, in fact, right across the street uh, from where I'm sitting now. So that is the the future of the zone. And I was informed at the very same time today uh, that the, the big show will not be the same uh, going forward, that uh, Austin Horton and, uh, and Gordon Bonson will not uh, be a part of uh, the station's uh, immediate future. And uh, those two are, are not with us uh, today on the big show. And so it, uh, it's just me at the moment sitting outside here. And Megan, of course, our on-site engineer, who does such a wonderful job um, here at the, uh, at the arena and, uh, and on the big show. And um, we have not uh, received a whole lot of information of what things are going to, to look or, or sound like uh, going forward. And uh, I've been told that we will get uh, more of that information in, in the days to come. But um, you know, in my history on the on the zone, we've had some really difficult days, and it's it's really hard um, sometimes to to be on air and to talk 
uh, to so many people and so many wonderful listeners, and uh, and it's 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 really hard. And uh, this is this is one of those days. Um, you know, when we initially were were purchased by the Utah Jazz, that was a hard day too. And uh, and and the station went on and things went on and and uh, you know it's it uh, if there's anything about the radio business and and really media in general is that nothing is permanent and uh, and things are always changing and it's uh, really a, a pleasure to do this job each and every day and and you try and be grateful for it because at any time uh, it can change and that's happened uh, in my career and even though I've been on the same station for all these years uh, there are so many stages uh, you know uh, different phases and and different uh, faces and people that have been involved in that going forward and the the consistent in my career has always been um, Gordon uh, I still remember the first time I met the great Gordon Monson and I was uh, just a lowly intern at the station and I uh, couldn't have been a greater guy. He and Bowler and the, the original Big Show and uh, and man, those guys, <laughs> were they good? First of all, I mean, what an incredible radio show, but, uh, you know, legends, right? And uh, I was a nobody. I was a I was a, a long-haired goofball with a bunch of hemp necklaces who have, who happened to like uh, doing radio and uh, was interested in it and and like watching sports. You know, compared to those two guys, I was, God, I was a nothing. And uh, they treat they you know they treated me like a like a human and a colleague from day one. Didn't judge a book by its cover. Made me feel included. And yes, even played a couple practical jokes on me like. <laughs> making me uh, try out the Rocky Mountain Oysters for the Rocky Mountain Oyster Contest, which I'll never forgive uh, either one of them. But um, uh, after that, you know, I, I produced on Gordon's show um, when he was with uh, with Kevin Graham after Bowler had come to work for the Jazz to take the Jazz gig full time. He, he stopped doing radio, and uh, at least on a, on a full time basis. And so uh, Kevin came aboard. And I had a chance to uh, to produce full time for Gordon, and and uh, for the first time, really uh, work work closely with him. And uh, from there, I've I've just been uh, he's he's uh, always looked out for me. And uh, Gall hosted a show initially with him for a couple of years. Uh, that changed as as uh, we went to work for the Jazz, and and uh, I got the pleasure to host a show with uh, with Tony for Tony Parks for many years, and uh, and of course Gordon worked with Spencer. Uh, check it uh, for a few years, and as uh, fate would have it, and it's not uh, it's not a it's not one of uh, the the greatest stories in the world, you know. Uh, but as fate would happen, Gordon and I worked together again on the same show, even though we didn't stop working together, obviously over that part, and and uh, had that chance to to really learn, work closely with Austin as well. And I'll I'll get to Austin here in a minute, but. Um, these past few years have been the best years of my career, and and working with Gordon, I can't thank him enough. And uh, I don't know if he's listening out there, but I love you. And uh, man, I'm gonna miss talking to him every day. God. So uh, I've been fortunate to work with Gordon, and uh, he's just a great man. Just just a great man. And uh, a lot of people out there don't know the real Gordon because because uh, Gordon has the courage to to speak his opinion, even though he doesn't. He knows it's not always going to be popular. So then, uh, so people make judgments about the guy and don't know the human uh, the human behind the voice and uh, and of course uh, behind the the the, uh, the uh, columns that they see in the Salt Lake Tribune. So. I uh, just want to take a moment to to give Gordon his due. He founded the station. He's been with the station ever since. Uh, Twenty years, uh, keeping it going, and and at times when things were rough, he was the only thing keeping it going and the only thing keeping it afloat. And uh, today is a tough day. I'm gonna miss gonna miss Gordon a lot. And uh, of course, I'll read him every chance I get in the Tribune. And man, he and his his family have been a big part of my life for a long time, and I hope they continue to be. So uh, thanks to Gordon for everything. And uh, Austin won't be with us either. Um, Austin has is, is produced for this, uh, this station for 13 years. Produced Well, he produced for 1320 before the merger and, and produced for The Zone uh, thereafter. And uh, there's, there's uh, not a more professional, driven guy on the planet. He, he showed up for work every day, ready to go with his 100% 
uh, effort and uh, and energy. He poured his heart and soul into this station and into this show. And uh, I will always appreciate my relationship and uh, and what Austin has done for me personally. And uh, man, I I'm I'm gonna miss uh, talking to him each and every day. Austin's got a wonderful family, and for you folks out there that have the pleasure to know him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So. Uh, gonna miss those guys tremendously. Uh, grateful to be here talking to you today and and have the the, the role that uh, that I've been able to have. And uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what the future uh, exactly holds for for the show uh, going forward. But the the station is in good hands, and and I know a lot of folks over there with KSL and KSLSports.com uh, in in particular. And uh, and there, I'm sure there are some exciting things on the horizon for the zone, and uh, some opportunities for our listeners. And and uh, just uh, uh, say thanks to the Jazz for all the years of, of running uh, the station. Of course, was still. Uh, be involved with the jazz but uh you know it's it's one of those transitory days and uh it's a really hard one uh to be here so uh thank you for giving me a minute to thank both of those uh both of those people if you have any memories or or words you want to express uh, you can always send them on twitter uh open mics as well and uh we'll proceed with the show we'll talk sports uh we'll we'll get the word out about frozen fury of course uh we have jazz sound uh quinn snyder's in progress but uh and we'll join that now but i uh, just wanted to say a few words about my two terrific friends who i will uh, miss working with professionally very very much but uh with that let's go down to las vegas and hear from jazz head coach quinn snyder that level of achievement sometimes people can think well that's success and it's you know that's it you know you've, you've you've kind of run the race and you finished and you've won in some sense because um you know all there's so many players in the league that would look at that and say wow you know that's something that they're aspiring to um i, I think for 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 certain guys and rudy's one of them you know there's there's a hunger to get better um and it's trying to find those things that he can work on that are realistically impactful for his improvement you know, and in Rudy's case, um, a lot of those things are also connected to the other guys on the team. And, you know, in many instances, he's dependent upon his teammates. Um, just like in other instances, they're dependent upon him. So uh, for me, you know, articulating that, having those discussions with him, and also understanding and feeling that he, even though he's had such a successful career to this point, to this point um, that he wants to improve and you know anytime it's hard to get better at 10 different things at once I think so for, so for some of it is finding you know where can we spend the most time um, trying to make him more efficient and what is the work that he can do that'll really translate and will also be gratifying to him or he'll, he'll feel that um, because you know, he needs to keep doing the things that he's doing. Um, you know, it's one of the primary reasons that, that our team's been good. Um, but oftentimes, you know, you, you want more. And, and that's a credit to him and the fact that he's still hungry to improve. When it comes to him wanting more, does he come to you with, like, ideas of where he wants to improve? You know, th that's usually, I mean, my feeling on that, it's really true of any player, is, is I think it's a collaborative process. You know, because, you know, he, he may, hypothetically, you know, he may want to shoot threes. Well, that, that's okay, you know, in a vacuum. But when you're playing out there with guys that are shooting 45%, um, that's not the best thing. That's not the way that he can contribute most to the team. So I, th I think there are areas, you know, that overlap there, things that he can do um, that, that, you know, are, are – things that he can do that, that fill him up and satisfy that desire to get better. But also, you know, the, the impact they have on the team um, is, is the same. So mirroring those things up. And sometimes that, that involves, you know, creating those things, whether it's, you know, play, you know, a move, something as simple as pivoting. You know, oftentimes the things that, you know, can make a player better. They're not always the most glamorous things, um, you know, but that's where, you know, the greatest players in the world are willing to, to focus on what appears to be mundane. Um, 
but that's why they separate themselves. From a purely perspective, this training camp service purpose as far as incorporating new players in with the veterans that already have? You know, when we had talked about this, I talked to a few guys on the team. Um, you know, Don and I spoke about it. My, you know, his instinct would say, you know, is it, would, would it help us to kind of to get away? And um, that I'd thought about it before as well. Anytime, you know, you know, a player that you, you're close with and you trust and you kind of come to, you know, a conclusion or an idea independently and then they line up, it's, you know, that's a good sign. Um, but for me, the, the, I thought what would happen for us in the bubble was that because of the situation, we just were around each other a lot. Um, it wasn't just a dinner, you know, where it's we're going to have a two-hour dinner and everybody's going to spend time together. It's all, you know, the little moments that you just don't get. You know, you want to either get home to your family. Um, There's there so many different things that, that are important to you. Um, so that's why we wanted to keep it shorter, um, but also to be in a place where I didn't want us to have to get on a bus. Um, I really wouldn't have conceived that, you know, putting a basketball court in a ballroom, but we saw that, you know, in Orlando. And I think that was um, something that was important. We wanted to make it, uh, you know, we wanted to make it first class in the sense that when the players walked in, they could feel that, you know, we, this isn't vacation. You know, this was a real training camp. And um, at the same time, I think it provided us opportunities to be around one another. And maybe more than anything for the newer players, um, that, that's helpful as much as any, you know, anything we do X and O. But I also thought that, you know, as we processed last year, you know, when you walked in the arena, um, before the game, and you look to the right, and there was this essential, it looked like an essay of accomplishment. You know, and I, part of me was like, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. It's terrific. You want to embrace that because it's real. And to the extent that, you know, last year for us was about developing an identity that, that says we, you know, we made progress there. Um, but at the same time, you know, the way we ended the season, um, you know, for a variety of reasons that, you know, people have analyzed and talked about, and, you know, that, that's a complicated process to kind of, you know, to kind of uh, process that and also remember who, who we were um, and not, you know, not like just put it all behind us. I don't think that's, um, that's where I'm at. I, I want to, you know, we talked about getting better all year last year. That's one of the reasons we had a good year. Um, and I think that's the same focus right now. And we have other things that we can use to help us get better. And this was an environment that I think was really conducive to that. What's your, uh, with the preseason games coming up, kind of where does your focus go on that? Is it more uh, like kind of utilizing these games to sharpen things that like you know you're going to do during the regular season? Is it like a chance to kind of experiment with stuff and try things out? Like where does, uh, where does the priority kind of lay there? I, I think, you know, this process helps define that and crystallize it. You know, we've got a couple guys right now in Boyan and, and Rudy Gay that, you know, haven't had a chance to, to do contact yet. Um, you don't know when they're going to be cleared. So that certainly has an impact. Um, we've got some young players that um, are going to be competing uh, for opportunity. Uh, so allowing, you know, us to look at that. Um, and we've got some things we're doing uh, that, that we want to get better at, you know, and, and reps and, and competitive environments, you know, are one of the ways that that, that can happen. So I, I think it's a balance of a lot of different things. And it's something to me, you know, you, you like any, you try to have a plan and then also understand that you have a plan so that you can adapt from it. So that adaptation, you know, is a crucial part of it. Obviously someone could get, you know, get tired, get, you know, whatever the case may be, not be able to play. Um, someone could play really well, see them in a different light and you want to explore that. So I think um, 
it's good to be open-minded going into it. Obviously, the, the, the ultimate goal is to be as prepared as you can be going into the regular season. And even that, you can define a lot of different ways, you know, whether that's being healthy, uh, you know, your execution, your conditioning. You know, there's a lot of different variables. You have to, you know, every year with every team, you, know, you place different emphasis on that. And this year, obviously, having a better team. Um, you know, we were laughing about, you know, our hour and a half, two-hour shoot-arounds our second year. We're not doing that right now because we don't need to do that right now. But we're doing other things because I think we have a team that, um, that has a, you know, a keen understanding of what it takes to, um, to be successful. What are the reasons that um, Boyan and Rudy aren't, haven't been cleared? Um, that's probably – you'll probably get a more specific answer from our medical group. Um, you know, Boyan's shoulder and Rudy's foot, um, they're, they're both just – this is a time to be, you know, to be really smart and and conservative about, about those things and make sure, you know, guys are, you know, in the best spot possible, particularly in camp. And there's things they can do that um, they can participate, um, just not in full contact. And I don't know what the exact timeline is on that. Um, that's something that Eric can probably elaborate yeah. on, get you some more specifics. Um, hey, Gwen, I uh, wanted to ask, you know, Donovan kind of was so successful last year in the playoffs, especially with his, with his shooting game, right? With kind of being limited by the ankle. And I'm kind of wondering if we may see kind of an evolution of Donovan as his career progresses to being, it, because his skill level has risen so much to being kind of a skill-oriented player. Well, I think every... You know, Donovan's first summer league, uh, I remember Lamar went out and we had these 12 different finishes because um, there were situations that he was finding himself in that, um, you know, he needed to, to work on. And that's the, you know, that, that's really the beauty of Donovan's approach to the game is that, you know, he's looking at ways to get better. And oftentimes you, you find those things out you know, through competition and through adversity. So uh, I think his biggest goal, and you know, I, I've heard him echo this, is to become um, even more efficient offensively. But I also think that, you know, he's focused on the defensive end, you know, that, that we can get, you know, his playoff numbers obviously were, you know, comparable to, to some people that, you know, are in the Hall of Fame. Um, and to look at, you know, the way that he played and, and how he get, did that, um, you know, I think is, is relevant and important. You, you also look at the fact that, you know, he, he played Mike, – Mike wasn't on the court. Um, so there's an adjustment there to how he plays. But I don't think Donovan's hung up on, um, you know, his numbers as much as he is getting better. And certainly those are things that he's watched, that I've watched. And, you know, the, the opportunity is to put him in positions where he can be successful. But I, I think he's – you know, I, I think, you know, he'll be up here at some point if he's not up here today. Um, I think what he'd tell you is he's about winning in any way that, that he can help us win. So whether that's, you know, a catch-and-shoot three, which he's top five in the league, um, you know, or, or playing defense or making the right play and getting off the ball, being creative, it's – there's no one thing. But certainly, you know, just like you, you – you'll learn from – you know, a regular season game and you learn from a playoff game. I think in the playoffs, particularly if, you know, Mike's not playing, you know, some of the game plans that, that he saw were, were, were different and new. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Recording. All right, there you go. That's Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, we will get into some college football coming up right around the corner. Uh, some nuts and bolts that came out of that uh, that conversation with Coach Snyder. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and uh, Rudy Gay have not uh, participated uh, in full contact in this uh, in this training camp thus far. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Bogdanovich with a shoulder issue and Rudy Gay dealing with a foot. So a little bit of news to come out of that conversation from, uh, from Quinn Snyder down there in Vegas. 
Davis. Uh, we'll jump into some college football coming up right around the corner. It is the big show broadcasting live uh, from the plaza outside of Vivint Arena here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Nick Ford, University of Utah, offensive lineman. This has obviously been a couple of really difficult days for the University of Utah. What can you tell the fans who woke up to this news and were shocked? I mean, they don't have the personal relationships that obviously fellow players are going to have. Yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, you never want to hear. And sadly, hear it twice in under a year. It's tough. As a group right now, we're continuing on because we know that Ty and Ayla would have wanted that. And we all understand that's the best way to honor them and their lives is to continue on pushing. It's a really players-led program and a brotherhood, honestly, like no other. And it's time like this where it shows because you honestly see how her people are by this. And you also see how much other people care and, you know, take care of each other. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show live from the Plaza, Vivint Arena, getting ready for Frozen Fury, the Kings and the Golden Knights here at Vivint Arena tonight. Jazz media availability continues on from Vegas. Let's hear from Rudy Gobert. Every time was, uh, you know, was pushed up because we want to win a championship. And obviously, when you get eliminated from the playoff, you know that you're not going to win that championship that year. So it's all about processing it and come back better and be ready for the next season. Quinn City felt like uh, one of the big reasons for doing training camp like in this type of setup was to kind of get everyone together and kind of clear the air about how last season ended. Do you feel like this accomplished that? I think we, whether, whether, whether we're in Vegas or Utah, wherever we are, I think we are aware. You know, it hurt all of us to, to, to lose last year and uh, I think every individual came back, you know, uh, with a lot of work this summer to try and make sure that we are able to not put ourselves in that position this year. And, you know, we, we know that we have a great opportunity. We're excited. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about how we're going to act, how we're going to react when uh, the adversity comes. From a perspective, is this training together, coming together, covering with you guys? I think we, you know, obviously for the new guys, I think it's cool to get to know each other, uh, not, not as a basketball player, but as, as a human being first. But uh, we, you know, we, over the last few years, we always done stuff together as a team. And, uh, you know, that stuff, uh, you know, being able to one of, be one of the teams that are, I would say the closest, you know, uh, outside the court. Uh, it should help us, you know, when we go through those tough moments. Like, there should never be a team uh, like the Clippers or whoever it is that when, you know, when we get stuck, they shouldn't be more together than we are. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's on us you know, to just, uh, you know, support each other even, even more. Even when it's hard for me, I got to still find ways to support my teammates. And when it's hard for them, they got to find ways to support me, you know, and, I think that's what the greatest team I want I want to do, and it doesn't matter at the end of the day whether you like each other or not. Like the greatest teams are able to uh, find ways to to help each other out. And we like each other, so it makes it easy. How do you go about choosing like what you're going to focus on, what you're going to get better at over a summer? Well, I just obviously when you lose, uh, you know, it's one. You ask yourself, what can I do better? It's always something that, like you don't want to react to one game, but uh, or a few games, but uh, you want also not have that feeling again. So you, you try to, I, I do that. I mean, I, the last few years I've been, you know, uh, with my coach, you know, we really put emphasis on some things and we try to, you know, keep building. And uh, that's what we've been doing, you know. It was a great summer. The Olympics was great, you know, for me to be able to, to play, uh, you know, get better. I've played for my, for my country, play with, uh, you know, some, some, some of my friends too. So it's, it's always great. And uh, now I'm excited to be back here. What did um, you and kind of your coaches kind of focus in on decide that like, hey, you could 
kind of elevate your game this way? I think it was really, uh, obviously, uh, every summer or every year, I try to keep getting stronger. You know, something that so happy that I had since my rookie, my, since even before, I mean, I was big, uh, get stronger. And, and then on the basketball side, uh, you know, just, just my skills, uh, you know, be able to, uh, be able to be prepared for all kinds of situations, be able to put a lot of pressure on the defense, and, you know, uh, obviously the free throws, uh, the touch, the shots, all that kind of stuff is something that, you know, we keep building and, no, I feel I feel great. You know, I feel better as, as ever. All right, there you go. That's uh, Rudy Gobert uh, from Vegas. Uh, as Jazz training camp uh, rolls on, it's interesting to hear Rudy talk certainly about uh, about getting better and uh, something that uh, Rudy, I think, and, you know, Donovan and there are other examples on this uh, Jazz roster, it's something that they've been able to do for off-seasons uh, throughout their career. I mean, and uh, I'll be interested to see how Rudy implements what's next. I mean, we've talked uh, for a long time, you know, uh, over repeatedly about uh, what he can add and what uh, I, you know, what he can do with the guy between he and the basket. I'm, I'm eager to see if he worked on those things uh, to, to be able to take his game to the next level because uh, development certainly a big part of uh, what is. Uh, I mean, just think of how far Rudy Gobert has come in his, uh, you know, somewhat short career. Right? Uh, he could. He, he showed up as a, a gangly dude with something to prove who couldn't catch the ball, couldn't shoot a free throw. And uh, now Rudy is uh, what he is. And, um, we, you know, we talked about this the other day. If the Jazz are going to take the next step, I mean, there, there are two cornerstones in this franchise and a third all-star. And those three are, are really going to be the ones that need to take them where they need to go. And that uh, means that Rudy's got to get better. Donovan's got to get better. And Mike Conley's, you know, got to continue to play at a high level even though he's somebody in his mid-30s so i mean that's you know that's how the jazz are going to get to where they need to go i i understand that uh, some roster tweaks are going to help and and depending on who you get in the playoffs and matchups and all those sorts of things uh, which which always matter but uh, the truth is best three players on the jazz team you know their three all-stars are going to be the key component you know we we talked about this uh, this quite a bit everybody you know people who say oh excuses there's uh, the injuries is just an excuse no it's a reason when it's an all-star <laughs> when, when Mike Conley's hurt and can't go and and that that I mean that's a reason why you're going to uh, to not perform up to your your potential as a team so you know those three players and, and hearing Rudy talking about getting better, I mean, that's how the Jazz uh, go to the next level is those players, uh, Rudy and Donovan in particular, taking their games uh, to to the next level, getting better. And interestingly enough, it's uh, the offensive side of the court uh, for Rudy, in my opinion, and for Donovan, it's the defensive side of the court. How does Donovan become a, you know, a first-team All-NBA player? My opinion, he becomes a two-way guy becomes a guy that goes out there and and that's what you got to do to win at the highest level in my opinion i mean you know we can point at one-way players who have had some success but how many two-way players can we point to that's had the ultimate success over and over and over again what made michael jordan michael jordan wasn't just the last second heroic shots and scoring 30 points a game it's because he was such a competitor he was going to go out and guard the other team's best player and make it so they had a long night you know lebron james certainly during his heyday you know same type of thing. So I, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Rudy and Donovan both have uh, some responsibility that uh, they've got to get better to take this team to the next level. But the good news for Jazz fans, my opinion is, they've both shown throughout their, their careers that they're going to take something and uh, they're going to work on it and they're going to come back and be better and better uh, each and every season. And I certainly expect that from both those players. It'll be interesting to see where they do uh, indeed get better and uh, how the, the kind of shuffled around pieces, the new pieces uh, come in behind those guys in, in a supporting role and how they play. So there's Rudy Gobert uh, live from Vegas. We will continue to take Jazz uh, uh, interviews as they come from down in Vegas. We'll just rapid fire go through. So stay tuned. We'll have more of that coming up next. We're live on the plaza out front of Vivint Arena getting ready for Frozen Fury right here in 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. Kalani Sataki and BYU take their undefeated record to Logan for a showdown against the Aggies. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with a Cougar preview show. Friday at 6 on 97.5 FM with the post-game show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today, The Beatles, in honor of my uh, good friend Gordon Monson and Austin Horton as well. It's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. We also want to remind you about our friends at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, whether it's the classic Rickster Killer, Handsome Rob Pastrami, Fajita, or Killer Breakfast Burritos. Don't forget the best shoestring fries out there. It's Marley's Gourmet Sliders. It will satisfy any hunger. Just off I-15 inside of Timpanogos, Harley-Davidson. We'll get you uh, more jazz sound from training camp coming up a little bit later on in the show. But sitting down here with me on the plaza, outside of Ivan Arena, getting ready for Frozen Fury, the Kings and the Knights. You hear them, of course, every morning here on the Zone Sports Network alongside David James, the one, the only, Patrick Kinahan. Hello, PK. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, I've had better days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been something. But you know what? We're uh, we're here, and um, we love what we do for a living. PK, yeah. and yeah. and uh, we love uh, talking sports in this market. And so, yeah. any day we get an opportunity to do it is a good one, right? Uh, and I knew you were doing this alone, and so I had to be here in the building. And I thought I'll go down and help. Now I'm thinking it's not a good idea because I'm afraid my emotions might get the best of me. So uh, with that in mind, I love those guys dearly. Uh, and uh, let's talk hockey. Yeah, <laughs> let's 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 get into the Frozen Fury game. Yeah, I uh, I talked about it at the beginning of the show and had a bit of a, a difficult time. So uh, you know, it's it's hard. Uh, we're not going to uh, yeah go back down that uh, road, and we'll catch back up with PK. Again, uh, coming up here in one second as PK just set the headset down. So, you know, that's always fun. Now he's now he's back. Hey, yeah, hey guys. Hey, hey. Oh, hey, guys. It's all good, man. <laughs> <We're> not, <laughs> me, I mean, I'm good. Oh, man. But uh, John Mayer is going to be in town. He's, he's awesome. Well, I'm going to take advantage uh, of having you here, PK, because I listen to DJ and PK every single morning. I used to produce your show. I I took a little walk down memory lane earlier in the show, and uh, uh, the worst couple of years of my life was spent uh, (laughs) producing DJ and PK in the morning. I loved producing your show. Hours are rough. I hated the hours. I loved the show. Yeah. I loved producing your guys' show. I mean, you know, pulling back the curtain. I tried to, to pull back the curtain a little bit with uh, with Gordon and how he's kind of misunderstood in his own way. But uh, uh, DJ and PK are a blast to work with. I don't know. Does Hatch appreciate how much fun it is working on your show? I think he does. Yeah, I think he yeah. does. It's a, it's a great show to work on. The hours just suck. And I was way too young to be working those hours. Yeah, I was not in my fa- the phase of life. Yeah, I got, I got you. Yeah, it doesn't get yeah. any easier with age either, though. Uh, no, early twenties maybe you're not as responsible bedtime wise. Living in animal house, yeah, 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 it, yeah. it was not really it's, conducive. It's, it's, uh, but uh, I loved working on that show. Uh, teasing David James is is one of the most fun things. That, it's an uh, art form you can possibly do on the planet. Yeah, we're not going to sit here and we had act like I haven't made a good living off of doing it. But I was listening to your show this morning, and uh, speaking of KSL, you guys talked to Greg Rubel today, and I was listening to that, and Greg was going through the remainder of, of BYU's schedule, and he was laying it out like it was the NFC West. That's and funny. I, I that's was funny. I was thinking to myself, like, NFC West, that's a good division. You got the Cardinals and Rams, both three and zero. Big game this Saturday, Sunday, 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 I'm Sunday, Sunday. No, that's all right. Uh, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, but we'll you know, when you're that invested in a team, that I, I do it with the Devils a little bit, so I get it. I'm not as invested in that team as he is. No, in no, his no team. I do, but it, it got me thinking. 
how tough is is the schedule really going forward? And I think Utah State, I think this is going to be a tough game. But, I mean, like, you know, he's talking about the Bronco game and Virginia coming to uh, to uh, I like the Lavelle Broncos Edwards. and the Bronco game. <laughs> the Bronco <laughs> game. Well, Virginia has not exactly been terrific this year. Like, how tough a game is that really? I think the Baylor, the Baylor game is harder maybe than we thought at the beginning of the year. I think that's going to be Baylor, a test. But it, Baylor knows their secrets. Oh, yeah, because uh, the, the Grime Dog. The Grime Dog. One of Jeff your better Grimes. nicknames. <laughs> yeah, so you got that going on there. Uh, and they're tough. They've had a nice rebound. Uh, so that that's a that's a plenty good enough game. But Washington State should be. I mean, you and I uh, going back to Pac-12 Media Day, where you and I, or at least I was, just drinking the Kool Aid on these programs being improved. And you think of Washington State last year, and they won a couple games, even though it was in the pandemic. And then on and on and on. Turns out, nope, they're terrible. Well, they've they've played uh, three quarterbacks. That's not going to be conducive to winning. The only thing I'll say on Washington State, if Delore is in there, I think they can be better. If Borgie's in there, because Borgie was playing was running on the Utes pretty good. And then, what, he had some type of arm injury, was it, Saturday? And so their offense wasn't nearly as good. Uh, so he's a very good running back. And then, depending on, you know, if you get them at a 7.30 at night in Pullman uh, when it's raining and whatnot, I- I've told this story uh, several years ago. The Devils were the best they've been since uh, 96, I think, when they went to the Rose Bowl. They beat Notre Dame on a glorious November afternoon at Sun Devil Stadium. Awesome game, right? Place packed. Before they remodeled, they, they downsized now. 70,000 people. They, the poll comes out. They're sixth in the college football playoff, right? You're thinking, all right, Todd Graham, he's our guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next week they go up to, uh, I think it was the next week, if not the week after, but I think it was the next week, they go up to uh, Corvallis rainy night in november the the turf is harder than the concrete that we're on they got guys dropping left and right with concussions and they lose after beating a pretty good notre dame team and so you just don't know in those situations like that teams can get hot because it's not like the cougars are alabama or whatnot and, and i don't think they'll go 12 and 0 if they do Wow. Right. Uh, rewrite Kalani's contract again. <laughs> Give all the assistants five-year deals. You know, because the, this is good times. I don't, you, don't, yeah. you don't follow high school football that much. Neither do I. But the kid down at Corner Canyon, I, I got somebody that I know very well who teaches there. And, uh, so oh, I've you seen, do? Yeah. You've got an inside source, mm-hmm. if you will? Yeah, I've seen their games. <laughs> and this kid's really good. And uh, we were talking about this off the air this morning or earlier today. And he's well, it's thought to be a Stanford kid. Now he's going to go to BYU. You know, he's going on a mission, so we'll see in two, just in time to get in the Big 12. But the point is, this is these are great times for BYU. 15 out of 16 games, finally beat your rival. Invitation to the Big 12, 3-0 and in the Pac-12 South. Go ahead and imagine that just two years ago when they were coming off their second consecutive 7-6 and six season, which both of those looked good compared to the 4-9. Like the program was at best mediocre. Now they're flying high. They're yeah. going up to Logan, ranked 18th or 13th, I should say. I don't know where I got my with 18th. But they're going up there. They're ranked 13th. They're on the verge of possibly cracking the top 10. Wow, who would have predicted that? That's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of life sometimes, really, when things uh, are down and you don't know what's going to happen. You stick out. You, you keep going. You just keep plowing away. And things change, and some a lot of times things change for the better. The harder you work, the luckier you get, and all that crap. Well, who's to say that uh, Washington State won't be better at that point? But BYU is in a good spot. The Baylor game, SC at the end of the year, who knows what they're going to be in. You know, they're a mess, man. I watched that game the other night against uh, Oregon State. Oregon State just slaughtered them. So... Hey, let's Bring let's be on, honest. Man. The odds of of USC not mailing it in by the end of the year, I think, are well. Are we'll low. know. They got Colorado Saturday morning, and they suck. I love your take on that. That the only win that either Arizona or Colorado is going to get in league is against each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the way it's looking right now. That's good. That's how it's going to be. Uh, so they got uh, what sixty three yards a couple of weeks ago uh, off. Of, yeah, and, and their quarterback transferred. He's riding bench. At Oregon State, and he he transferred. He left. Now Oregon is his home, but Nolan's lighting it up for uh, Oregon State. They look like a threat. 
we'll know SC next week. If the Utes go down and pound them, then SC ought to just say, you know, we got COVID. We're just not going to play the rest of the year. Just, just yeah. call it and be like, we're good. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Utah, I mean, this is a different discussion, obviously, but I don't know if they have the offensive acumen to pound anybody at the moment. Uh, yeah, I agree, but they never really do. Uh, but this year, I mean, until until only what did, what did the offense end up putting up against Washington State? Seventeen? Uh, yeah, it wasn't as good as I thought they were going no, to be. No, me either. But, Although the line was better, but I don't. And I don't know what the situation of their program is because the the week to regroup in the bye week, well, they're grieving in the bye week. So I don't even know how much they're thinking about football in the in the bye week. They had the candlelight vigil last night, and obviously the death is tragic. And then you combine it with Ty Jordan and all that stuff. So I don't know where their minds are at. But we'll see with the SC. We're talking about BYU now. BYU looks like uh, I had them at 8-4. and four, And right now, I would say that's conservative. Eight, you have, wait, sorry. You have BYU at 8-4? and four? When I did the preseason oh, predictions. Oh, okay. I, got I had you. the Utes 9-3. and three. Yeah. I had the... Oh, I think 8-4 and four is the absolute basement for the Cougs. At this point. Right. And I, I yeah, made yeah. those picks in August, obviously. Right, right, right. But right now, yeah, I would supersede that. So I, I don't expect BYU to go undefeated because it's really hard. Now, if it happens, you know. I don't pick anybody I, I'm, to go I'm undefeated. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't agree with you more. But I don't, I don't really see more than a couple of losses at most left on the schedule. Baylor's the toughest one. But outside of that, I mean, uh, you, you, well, UFC is the caveat, right? Like what kind of team shows up there, I suppose. But, I mean, Washington State, Idaho State, Boise uh, proved against the Aggies last week that, that they're formidable. But I don't know. I don't know if I see more than a loss or two on the schedule for the Cougs going forward. And that, to your point, that would be another special season, following up a special season with a special season. Yeah, you get 10 wins in a season. You Heck go 10-2 yeah. unless you're Ohio State, Alabama. The rest of us. Well, and they paid, that's played a great season. five games against the, big, uh, the Pac-12 and seven games against P5 teams total. Yeah. You, you can't sneeze at that schedule? Not at all. No? Not at all. I, no, would, I uh, wouldn't. Well, to your 8-4 comment, I never would have picked 10-2 and two for BYU this season. This season? No. I did 8-4. Uh, and four, Honestly, it uh, was... Which I thought was pretty good. Optimistic, yeah. On the heels of what they had last year, breaking in a brand new... Well, not a totally brand new quarterback. But they lost but, so much. But, yeah, you lose five guys in the NFL, plus the free agents who signed, and some of those guys have made NFL teams. So that's as much talent as they've had... In years, uh, going back to maybe when Bronco was doing well at the end of the Mountain West run that he had before they went independent. There's been some years where there's nobody or one guy being drafted. Now, all of a sudden, you get five. Obviously, they built that thing up. So you thought that, well, they may need to reload. Well, maybe they don't need to reload. Maybe they are reloading each year by bringing in guys and having them be second and third teams. And then when it's their time... To be first string, they've got enough playing experience and enough experience in the programs. And don't discount the consistency of the coaching staffs. I know they added two this year, but the main guys, the two coordinators, Aaron Roderick, who people want to debate this and that. Aaron Roderick took over for plays last year. He called plays. That's a fact. I can tell you that. He So he transitioned into the play caller no matter what his title was last year so and he's got a lot of experience at it and uh, Romney and Hall the two quarterbacks who have played both been in the program now for three four years don't discount that either it's not like some other program I know bringing in transfers left and right and expecting to no offense Jake but expecting to do well with these guys that are just what do you call them? Mercenaries. That's what you said. That was yeah. your word, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that you came up with that word, didn't you? Well, I didn't invent the thing. I didn't but yeah. invent the word, but I mean, you <laughs> yeah, had right. that word. It was you. I want to give make sure it was I appreciate you who that. said that. Yeah. I'm asking you, wasn't I it? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I, I think you were the first one I heard say it. So it's true, and there's something to be said for developing guys, because the last time Utes had a great team, they had a guy who'd been in the program for four years. Go who, that way. Who they started Oh, you early said it last week when I developed. joined you guys yeah. last Friday. Yeah. Always nice of you to jump on. But because I, I, I love your take on that. I love your take on the Utah quarterback sit, uh, situation and what has worked and what hasn't. I think it's, I, I heard you talking weeks ago 
when when Cam Rising was uh, was basically I don't want to say written off because that's a little bit strong, but you know uh, Charlie Brewer was the guy, and you still said you said I I love a guy in Cam Rising who's going to stick it out, face some adversity, and not run away from it, and uh, and continue to work and get his opportunity. I thought of you the second Rising got in there because I thought that that was a good take because that, a player like that is easy to root for. Utah recruited over over the top of him twice. Twice, it would have been so easy for him to leave. I, I, especially in today's day and age, I think it says yeah. a lot about him personally. Who I don't know him personally, but I think it says a lot about his character that he didn't just cut and run. Well, he did leave Texas, but I'm okay if you leave way early. Well, and uh, I mean, it's different if you leave way early. I'll, I'll grant you that. As opposed to well, let's see, work. You don't really care where you play. I just want to play. Where do I think I have the best chance to play? There's nothing about, oh, I want to be there. I want right. to be in that environment. I want to be with that program. Uh, no, that's not the case when you're leaving late like that. You're just looking for a place to maximize your time. And, and fine, those are the rules. I just don't know that it's in Utah's best interest. You know what's funny, though? Uh, BYU's greatness. How much can we attribute this to Jack Tuttle leaving? Jack Tuttle, you know when he left the night of the Jimmy Buffett concert here in this arena? Yeah, I remember it well. And that's when he left. And by him committing to Utah, then they don't go get Zach Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson goes and gets a BYU offer once Fessy Sataki and Aaron Roderick are there. And then he blows up and, and allows Hall to get himself healthy last year. And it's crazy how things work out. You'll never... You'll never be able to figure it out and say, oh, map it out. Sort of like life, as I said. you got to roll with the punches. It's crazy, though, that Utah did it again with Jackson Dart. Yeah, I don't know how Where much they that rec- was the case. If they recruited Costelli and laid off oh, Dart. Uh, Ron McBride told us that they, they quietly offered Dart and told him not to tell anybody about it because they were worried about losing Costelli. I mean, it's, it's interesting they... That same scenario played its way out with another townie who wanted to play at Utah. The other one they wouldn't offer. They still offered, uh, according to Mac, who knows everything on that. And so they downplayed it a little bit. You played that. That's a political game they chose to play. So be it. They played the game. And we'll see. I I have no idea what Costelli is going to do. I don't know. No, he could be awesome. Yeah, so I'm not going to write that. That thing's a long way from being written. But we did see Jackson Dart play one good game. So that's that's fair what you're saying right there. You know, play uh, 12 games. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But the the book on to your point, the book on both of them is far from written. You know, the yeah. Zach Wilson versus Jack Tuttle. We can look at that and go, That's well, over. yeah. And one was significantly better than the other. I think in, so. in this case, uh, that is certainly far from uh, from conclusive. Uh, we've got Jordan Pendleton who's going to join the show coming up next. Uh, PK, hey, listen, I can't thank you enough for sitting. Sure, down you know. And before I leave, I just want to say publicly that uh, you know I love Austin Horton too, and I hope he lands on his feet. Gordon Monson, without question, is one of the finest people I have ever been around. And I want to make sure that is abundantly clear. He is a great human being, and you don't know. If you think otherwise, you don't know who he is. If you knew who he was, like we do, like I do, like my family does, you would recognize. If you have a friend in Gordon Monson, you cannot find a finer friend on this planet. And that's what I want to end with. And the only thing I had to add to have to add to that is he proves it over and over and over again. He does. Yes, he does. Uh, thank you, Patrick. I okay. appreciate it. All right. Good to see you, buddy. All right. We'll talk to Jordan Pendleton coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.